You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Uh, we are back with another movie review. This time it is the Grand Budapest Hotel, directed by Wes Anderson. And I believe this came out in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. We watched this on HBO Max just the other day. And I am proud to say that none of us fell asleep through it. But um, we did have to fight our harsh. way. <laughs> we did have to fight our way through this one because a giant uh, thunderclap set off a... Uh, Fire alarm, alarm, which kind of paused our viewing for a bit, but it gave us some which time was perfect to for me. Yeah, it gave us some time to digest a little bit of what we'd seen. Let's talk a little bit first about why we chose this film, um, because it is rewatch month. I can say it. I have and not. We seen have it. not seen it. Yeah, <laughs> Luke, have you seen it? I've not seen it. Oh, Luke well, is joining I, us again. Well, by now the way. I have. I have. I have seen it now. So. Why did we watch it again? <laughs> because we couldn't find we were, anything else. We had time to watch a movie, mm-hmm. and we were scrolling. Well, and we had about two hours to watch a movie, so we needed to find something that was about an hour and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, five streaming services available to us, and at least 500,000 movies available to us, <laughs> and we chose the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, this one has gotten a very positive critical reception. You said it sits at a what on Rotten Tomatoes? 92%. 92%. Do you remember the audience score? Uh, I think it was a 94%. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think generally speaking, this sits as one of Wes Anderson's uh, more acclaimed films of the past uh, 10, 15 years or so. I have to, can I just interject for just a moment? Yeah, absolutely. In my mind, Wes Anderson is a horror film director. Why? Which is not accurate because the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, this is such a departure for Wes Anderson. But that's Wes Craven. Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, Wes Craven has um, he has uh, been deceased since I believe the early two thousands, twenty tens. But either way, um, yeah, this was an interesting movie. Have you ever seen the Royal Tenenbaums? No. Okay. Did you see Fantastic Mr. Fox? No. Okay. He's directed, and I think he did Bottle Rocket with uh, Owen Wilson. No. Um, regardless, he is known for quirky, sort of, I guess, somewhat period piece films. Well, I think he scored. Big. Yeah, and he usually one. has pretty much all-star casts mm, in nearly every one did. of his movies. But This is quite a stellar cast. He often reuses um, yeah. some of his audience members. Yeah. So, for example... Like um, Owen Wilson. You just said Owen Wilson was in one of his films. Wiss Willett. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, uh, some of the cast is, you know, very, very famous. And you've seen them, you know, for the past 30 years or... Uh, relatively new people, so he knows how to uh, he knows how to work with his actors for sure. You'll see quite a few familiar faces if ever so briefly, but um, yeah, this movie was made for twenty five million and it made one hundred seventy two point nine million at the box office. So a runaway hit for sure. Um, do you have anything else to add on to it? I do not. Okay, so the summary of this film is that Monsieur Gustave. H, famed concierge of a 20th century mountainside resort in the fictional Eastern European country of Zubrauka, um, when Gustav is framed for the murder of a wealthy dowager, he and his recently befriended protege, Zero, embark on a quest for fortune and a priceless Renaissance painting amidst the backdrop of an encroaching fascist regime. 
So if that sounds like a lot, it definitely is. There is um, a lot going on in this movie. But um, overall, I think I liked it pretty well. What did you think? I am very interested in this conversation because, as usual, we have not watched this film before yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we have not discussed it or really even given each other any thoughts. Any thoughts. So you said you believe you liked it? I think I did. I certainly enjoyed some of the smaller moments in the film, um, bit by bit. And the way it was filmed was quite creative. I, I thought some of the um, cinematography, and I kind of liked how it was a small, widescreen, box screen presentation. Did you notice how it I wasn't did. full screen? I think that almost worked in the film's favor. It seemed old without being uh, archaic. No, I would agree that the cre- on the creativity scale, it's almost off the charts. Mm-hmm. In terms of a story, it's very mediocre. Mm-hmm. And in terms of a viewing experience, it's bad. Interesting. Okay, so I remember we briefly um, mentioned to one another, I think maybe Luke and I said that we liked the movie so far when we were taking our break um, while fixing the fire alarm, Mm -hmm. but what about... Putting the fire out. Putting the fire out. Before you go further into what you're saying... I want to hear from Luke. Yeah, Luke, what did you think of it? (laughs) Yeah, I I think we're all somewhat on the same page. I think that individual pieces of the movie were greater than the sum of as as I saw the culmination of the movie, yeah. I think I liked individual parts of it a lot, but I don't like how it turned out necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that some micro segments were too long, yeah, and I think some could have could have used a little more time baking. Yeah, for sure. Um, some of this movie seemed like it was moving really, really fast, and then sometimes it. Uh, felt like it slowed down a bit, I think, which is to your point. But I think what I was most surprised about is the massive price that this movie has gotten, mm-hmm. just up and down. And I think it's definitely something that a lot of people could enjoy. But I felt like it was more accessible, maybe more... Um, I, I feel like it seems like the praise and reaction to it has been that almost anybody can really love this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there are a lot of, there are a lot of vignettes in this film um, that to Luke's point sort of um, make up the sum, hmm. but the vignettes themselves were much more entertaining than the whole. Certainly, certainly. And so I'm kind of surprised that so many people liked this film because, well, it doesn't seem like it would be, you know, casting a wide <laughs> enough net to please every single person who kind of like comes into it by word of mouth mm-hmm. or just simple interest. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, overall, um, I think I think I would recommend it to fans of Wes Anderson and just sort of whimsical movies. Mm-hmm. But that's a good word for this film. I don't think I would recommend it to some of my friends mm-hmm. or people who just kind of want to go in and just watch a movie, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't think it's that um, accessible necessarily. I think you kind of have to be in the right frame of mind yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? Uh, well, Luke, why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Um, you know, I think with everything I've said, I think I would recommend it. Um, maybe to somebody who's trying to broaden their cinematic horizons mm-hmm. more so than anything. Um, like you said, it's not something where you can just, you know, somebody's like, oh, I'm bored. I want to watch a movie. What should I watch? Yeah. You're not going to be like, the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> you got to see it. Um, but, you know, for somebody who at least um, 
you know, maybe for your your super casual movie fan who watches a lot of comic book movies, watches a lot of, you know, um, popular action movies, things like that. Things like that that a lot of people will see, but maybe they're looking to branch out a little more. I think this is the perfect movie for them because I don't think that it is necessarily hard to watch in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, seeing a more creative, very, uh, I, I don't know, you know, distinctive movie experience. But also, um, it's it's out there. Yeah, it's not too artsy, but it's definitely unique. Yeah. Um, so, what about what about you? Could you expand a little bit? Yeah, I, I would say that um, this is a film that is uh, reflective of a really strong filmmaker, mm-hmm. someone who had, I believe, a vision for something almost unique you know unique means one of a kind and very few things are unique these days Mm -hmm. but this is borderline unique um i think it had the potential of being a far stronger movie than it was yeah i just felt like to your point noah there were scenes that that were sort of rapid fire and entertaining but the overall plot with the painting just seemed to draw to drag on and on and then it kind of didn't it kind of didn't come around again until yeah, much later. Yeah, no, I really did not enjoy this film at all. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, I guess that we've all sort of given our opinions on everything that we've got here. But just one more side note. Wes Anderson has also done The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Isle of Dogs, The French Dispatch. Did you see any of those, Luke? No. I saw Isle of Dogs. You thought it was good? Yeah. All right, good. Um, but yeah, so he's well known. He's had hits. He's had ups and downs. Let's but... talk about the cast, Noah. The cast? Okay. It's pretty stacked. All right. In that case, let's sort of move into spoiler territory okay. here because some people might uh, certainly want to have it surprised. Um, but yeah, so the cast is, oh my gosh, it's a who's who of pretty much anybody who's been popular since mid-80s mm. to up to now. I will say I did like how unexpectedly when scenes would cut. The, the very next scene would open with an iconic actor where I'm like, hey, there's, well, you know, there's Jeff Goldblum. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. There's Owen Wilson. There's Willem Dafoe, you know? Yeah. F. Murray Abraham. Uh, Tilda Swinton was actually yes. in this movie, too. She was the, the dowager. dowager. Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, so I thought that was I thought that was interesting because mm-hmm. I actually didn't recognize her. Neither did I. I had to go back and see who was in the cast to actually realize that she was in it. Yeah, Jude Law was a major player in this movie as well. Jude Law can make any film better than it should be, and I would say he was the highlight. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was quite good. Um, I thought they really only used him to, as kind of a plot device. Um, they did. He was listening to the story. Yeah, told by F. Murray Abraham. So but, I, I just feel like he didn't really have a lot to do with the actual final product. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you could have put anybody in, which is why this film, um, for me, was not as strong as I thought it could be. Because yeah. had they been, had that character been put to better use. Yeah. Played by Jew Law, yeah. Then we could, I could have maybe appreciated it a little bit more. I agree with that because I think it's a good usage to say, okay, so this guy is recounting his old story, but I felt like there should have been a bigger payoff because he was like, oh, so you bought this hotel for you know this reason because of your concierge. He was like, no, I bought it because of my wife. But his wife only really lived with him, was survived two years Mm -hmm. after they were Mm -hmm. married and whatnot. So I felt like maybe there was like a greater attachment that he had to the hotel. Well, and I would say a third of the way through the film, you knew the outcome of the film and how the film 
was going to reach that point, right? Yeah. So it was like, oh, oh okay, I was Ab- right. Absolutely, but I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay some of the, um, some of the, you know, funnier aspects of this movie. I mean, there were occasional moments where, you know, when they all just punched each other once in the face, and everybody was just kind of going down. Like one guy punches one guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, and that was amusing. That. Right. And then Willem Dafoe <laughs> throwing that Persian cat out of the window, and then. Um, that was the best part. Jeff Goldblum saying, did he just throw my cat out of the window? <laughs> you know, just quirky little yeah. sort of like dark uh, comedy here and yeah. there. So go down the list real quick of, of actors that we haven't mentioned who are in this film. So there's only two left that um, are, you know, pretty pretty well known that I haven't mentioned. So it's Ralph uh, Fiennes, mm-hmm. who is Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, Ralph also, Fiennes is a, is a very, very he's also, yeah, renowned um, actor. And I might get the name right, the name wrong, but Amon Goth in Schindler's List. Oh, oh he is in Schindler's List, but uh, I, I that name sounds correct. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's he's the big bad Nazi in Schindler's List. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Um, and then Adrian Brody, whose work seems to only stem from Wes Anderson movies these days, um, is also in this movie as one of the. I suppose he doesn't have way too much screen time, but he's one of the main antagonists. Uh, you could say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I thought the acting in this was good in the sense that the way they spoke, like the movie obviously had very upper upper echelon society, like, you know, very classy mm-hmm. ways of speaking mm-hmm. with the big vocabulary, the $5 words, and occasionally tongue-twisting lines, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. So overall, for that alone, I thought the cast did a good job of being able to sort of like speak that and make it oh, sound like they Oh, I bet if we went back and it. we looked at Oscar nominations from 2004, this had one or two for acting and probably was up for Best Picture. Uh, 2014? Yes, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Look. But uh, yeah, so Luke's going to actually check on that. Um, but what would you say was your biggest issue with this movie overall? Um, and then maybe stay one of the most positive things you thought about it. Yeah, I think overall I saw the end of this film a third of the way in. Mm -hmm. That was a little disappointing, so it felt very predictable in a way. Sure. Um, Edward Norton was in this film, too. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I thought there were times early on where the main character, whose name escapes me right now, and the... No... Mansoor Gustav. No, the the person his his um, zero zero zero. Thank you. The lobby boy. Yes. The lo- how did you know he was a lobby boy? Oh, I know why. Because he wore the hat that said lobby boy throughout the entire film. <laughs> but that zero was going to form this really strong bond with the character played by Jude Law, but that didn't really happen. It was just sitting down at dinner telling him the story. It wasn't really a bond. And so for me, it it, it missed some opportunities for me to really feel connected to the characters. Um, that said, I think what I liked the most about it was, once again, you can see that Wes Anderson mm. is certainly a very, very talented director. He, he surrounds himself with talent, but he himself has talent, as evidenced by the visual appearance of this film, mm. but the overall uh, production of this film. Yeah, that's one thing I can definitely commend the movie for, is that it was pretty original, and I would also say it was made with a very specific um, mindset of yeah. how it would be presented to the audience. Yeah. So you can say that there, I mean, you know, he spared no expense in terms of you know editing and also framing the movie shot by shot. So I thought that was done well, mm-hmm. and it seemed very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also appreciated that this movie was definitely not like a super hard R-rated movie, but it wasn't 
like a PG-13 movie either. There were definitely moments of like pretty intense, like, you know, violence here and there. Um, and the language was was pretty significant too, I'd say. In random spots though, yeah. I would yeah. say. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's occasional quick cuts of just like actually like pretty dark themes and whatnot after, you know, you see them doing something whimsical, right? Yeah. So I thought the juxtaposition of those two sort of, I guess, visuals or themes presented was pretty interesting. It made for a better movie overall Mm -hmm. because if it kind of just stayed at the PG-13 level or was too over the top, then it would have been like, okay, like I know exactly what to expect. But, you know, there's some moments where Jeff Goldblum got his fingers uh, smashed in the door and they came off and all that kind of stuff. Or when, um, you know, the cat gets thrown out the window. Or when... um, Willem Dafoe gets pushed off the cliff uh, suddenly. You know, there's definitely moments that surprise you here and there, and I think that makes for a more interesting uh, viewing session. Yeah, once again, back to the director. Strong uh, strong pedigree, strong uh, addition to his canon. Yeah, definitely. Um, Luke, did you manage to find what you were looking for there? Yeah. Um, nine Academy Award nominations, including okay. Best Picture and Best Director. Um, <laughs> Both of which were lost to Birdman. Oh, um, that was also 2014. But, but it did win Best Original Score, Production Design, Costume Design, and Makeup and Hairstyling. Okay, so it did no pretty darn well. Nominations. No. I think there was just so many people yeah. there. And I thought Ralph Fiennes was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And he was, he was good in, I think he was in one or two of the Kingsman movies. Maybe he was just in the last one. He was in the most recent one, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, I think he's a highly trained actor who's, you know, just a veteran of his craft. Right. So I appreciate that. Um, this was also the highest uh, grossing film of Wes Anderson's career. So, in many ways. Well, quite a quite a uh, commercial success given the um, niche... Yeah, kind of film this is. But you know what this movie told me? I think, Luke, you and I were having a small discussion about this yesterday. So this movie was made on $25 million. Mm -hmm. The fact that the visuals uh, could be presented this way and the movie had this so, I guess, out-and-out intentional theme about it with just that little of a budget, it just goes to show that it's not necessarily just about the CGI you use. It's just about how much you can do with your budget. You know, you can take a movie and turn it into something wondrous for less than, you know, $50 million, which is still considered a small budget of a movie. So this was... I think it's a fun idea to think that Wes Anderson surrounds himself with a lot of the same actors, too. So he probably calls in favors. Absolutely. And just says, I'm doing this film. What do you think? And his actor friends are, you know, at the pool at his house. And they're like, yeah, I'm in. Count me in for that. That sounds great. So yeah, that way he's not spending half of that budget on the actors. Yeah, I mean, I do think to a certain extent it's not as much about the resources you have as much as how you allocate your resources. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the movie's a good example of that. Well stated. But yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I'm saying. You see uh, Transformers. We loved that movie. Dark of the Moon or whatever. Those costs... We did? Oh, well, Luke and I. Oh, okay. uh, those movies cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh-huh. And while they looked decent in some portions... You know, too much CGI just kind of makes a movie a little bit, um, I don't know, just lesser in that way. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show you don't need a ton of computer-generated effects, but some well-placed camera tricks and good frame shots can make a movie's theme a lot better, uh, more expensive than it looks. Mm-hmm. So, like Luke said, allocation of resources, um, or how you use them. Agreed. 
Yeah. Um, so, Luke? Yep. How many Zs would you give it? Um, <clears throat> if we could give quarter Zs, I would. Uh, I'll allow quarter Zs. Okay. Well, if I could do quarter Zs, I would give it three and a quarter Zs. Okay. But if we're on the you know, the regular scale, I would give it three. Gotcha. I think. Wow. Um, in my opinion, I think I would also give it three Zs, which roughly equates to a six, six. overall. Not a bad film, not a fantastic film for me, but something enjoyable. I'm giving it a Z and a half. Wow, okay, you really didn't like it. All right, that's fine. Um, but you've it's outlined... Two hours of my life, I cannot get back. It's only an hour and 39 minutes. So would you say that this... Not was... like two hours of my life, I cannot get back. Is this your least favorite film we've watched, or do you still dislike Tick, Tick, Boom and um, uh, Eternal Sunshine? This is a masterpiece what? compared to Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, <laughs> all right then yeah we've got some strong opinions here as always well that's what makes it worth listening yeah fair enough all right so let's pivot over into our check it out now that we've finished our thoughts on the movie okay um so my check it out for today is going to be rrr which is the biggest bollywood movie uh pretty much of the last 15 years which is now on netflix now, I saw this going around Twitter for a little bit, and Luke actually put uh, a little bit of it on last night. It's entertaining, that's for sure. Um, it's just bombastic, action-packed, and um, a, kind of a good introduction for American filmgoers to see how you know Bollywood movies can be made and just how some of like the bigger-budget ones can turn out. It is quite an epic. It's three hours and seven minutes, if I'm not mistaken. I will not be watching it. But it's been getting a lot of positive buzz, and, you know... Uh, if you're looking for something new, RRR is pretty much that. So uh, check it out. It's on Netflix. Luke, what you got? Ah, yes. <laughs> so my check it out would be Bright Sun Films on YouTube. Very interesting page. I was actually just talking to them earlier about um, some nautical disaster videos that I've been watching. Um, just I've seen a couple interesting videos about ships that are not the Titanic sinking, some that I've never heard of that I find interesting. Um, and additionally, he also goes through abandoned theme parks. I shared a video with, with the crew here about a specific theme park that applies to us, mm-hmm. which only operated for about a year. Um, but cool stuff, you which know. Awesome. Uh, sinking ships, stories you might not have heard, abandoned places that, you know, were once uh, thriving. Uh, a lot of cool different types of, uh, different types of content he's got on there. That sounds awesome. Right up my alley. Yep. Right, right on films. Don't forget it. All right, what about you? Okay, so I had a different one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend something else. Um, there's an Instagram account that I, found, that I have found to be very entertaining, okay. and I think our listeners would also enjoy it. It's called St. Bernard Pepper. <laughs> I knew you were about to say your own Instagram. <laughs> oh, a self-plug. It is not mine. It, is, uh, it belongs to uh, a St. Bernard named Pepper. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, the account has been up been running for about a year and a half and the um if you want to put a face to the voice <laughs> has uh, just discovered reels and how to post reels so i recommend checking out saint bernard pepper to uh, get your not so daily dose of delightful saint bernards well uh this is the revitalization of the account so it seems um but yeah it's 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 a very nice account with very sweet pictures of our awesome dogs so. And also the people that run the podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, very true. If you want to put a face to all of us, <laughs> check out St. Bernard Pepper on all Instagram. Right. All right. Um, so thank you once again for uh, listening to another episode of our podcast. Thank you, Luke, for joining us. Anytime. Yeah, Luke's got... We will uh, keep that in mind. Luke's got two Anytime. more. Luke has two more with us, and uh, so it's been exciting to be able to do this and watch a couple films with him. But uh, until next week, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. I'm Luke. And this is Easy Easy Talk. Talk.